Hi, welcome back to Sober Single Mommin with Tony J. Uh, this episode is going to be on sobriety. So this is going to be probably, it might be a two-parter. <laughs> we'll we'll see how, how long-winded I get. Um, but after last week's episode on forgiveness, I just want to thank everybody, you know, for listening and sharing. Thank you for the feedback. I'm um, hoping that this audio is a little better on this one and that I'm not screaming into the microphone or um, I hope that you can hear me okay. But, you know, I just want to say that I truly appreciate everyone and I hope that this is another episode that you need right now. So we'll just jump right in. Um, so I have been sober. I am 32 years old currently and I have been sober since June 14th of 2021. It is now May 7th of 2023. So that means that I have another sober birthday coming up. Um, that I'm actually very, very excited about. Last year was kind of a rough one. Um, it was my first and I was pregnant and going through it. And this year I'm, I'm going to treat myself. So, uh, just think of me on June 14th, 2023. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm 32 years old. I've been sober since then. And it was a long, a long road to sobriety. And it has been a long road through sobriety. So I first started using alcohol at the age of, I, I believe I first tried alcohol, like actually used it to get drunk when I was 12. Um, <laughs> I had three uh, what were they? Bacardi Raz. They were a malt beverage and they were really, really sweet. And I drank three of them and I was stumbling and laughing. And I, you know, I was with friends. We were home. We were safe, but it, I was young and I just, I really loved that feeling. Um, I did get sick. I got very sick. There were plastic bags involved. It was not cute, um, but that was the first time that I had actually gotten drunk um, from alcohol. One of my very first memories of actually drinking alcohol, though, was my mom. So we, my my hometown has these ha, has this um, event every summer, and it's kind of just like you know the whole neighborhood comes out and they celebrate the town and. It's a really, really great time, but I remember it always being um, an event where all of the adults were letting loose. Um, so my mom, we had a babysitter, and she had stopped by the house that evening, and she had an MGD in her hand. And I just remember her, like, standing um, by the screen door, and I went to stand next to her, you know, I probably just asking, like, well, what, she, why she was home or, you know, what she was doing. She had that beer in her hand, and... I said, mom, can I take a sip? And she just kind of looked at me and she was like, you're not going to like it. And she gave me a sip and I did. <laughs> I liked it. I liked MGD of all things. Um, do they even make it anymore? I don't know. But 
so that was one of my my first sips and then I remember at my grandparents house I don't even know how old I was but they made homemade wine and not not I don't remember anyone in my family really having alcohol in their homes or like that really being a thing but they had homemade wine I think it was like Christmas or something they decided that they were going to open it up and try it so they were all passing around these little cups and I think it was a raisin wine of all things and my grandpa said here take a sip and so I went to take a sip and I grabbed the cup and I threw it back and I just remember everybody like whoa 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 and I threw it back and like instantly my cheeks were hot and my head felt funny and I was like giggling like it was yeah so like that's so crazy to like think back now that like you know even when I was little there was something there was something (laughs) in my mind that really had a different you know, everybody was, not everybody was doing it, but there was a lot of kids around me that were doing it. Um, and, uh, like I said, it was, it was easy to get. So every now and then, you know, me and my friends, we would share, me and my friends, we would like share like a beer or two. And I remember just always wanting more. And then it got to a point where I wouldn't even tell my friends that I got a hold of a beer. And, like, thinking back now, like, that was so odd for for my age. Like, I would just, like, have a beer or two in my room and, like, just vibe out, like, just with those. So, the alcohol abuse had gone way back. You know, after that, it was the typical, you know, bonfires, driving around with friends. Um, I was always the driver, so I never got, like, too crazy. Like, I would drink, but I, I would never get too crazy. There was you know, only a handful of times I remember, like, actually getting sick in high school from drinking, um, but I was the party girl. I knew where the party was. You just had to pull up, and, you know, I knew where we were going, and, like, that's, that's who I was. So, if you, if you knew me before sobriety, you knew me as the party girl. So, and this was only in high school. After high school, I had a boyfriend that that really liked to drink and that's what we would do that that's how we would spend our time together um just hanging out and I was you know still in high school at this time so I'm like hanging out at college parties and I'm doing the whole college experience but I'm not in college um and my first blackout was when I believe I was 19 or 20 and it was when Twisted Teas first came out and I know a lot of people love Twisted Teas and I loved Twisted Teas like now but not like now thinking about it, I'm like oh my god the sugar ugh but we slammed Twisted Teas oh my gosh it was a summer thing and I I don't even know how many I drank but I know that that was the first time that I like had memory loss before that I could always remember you know getting home like eating junk food like you know like that but that was the first time I like woke up the next morning I was like oh my gosh like how did I get home so you know this progressed for years and years you know Porter came along obviously I didn't drink while I was pregnant with him um but I was working two jobs at the time so I I I had already cut back before I had even gotten pregnant with him so um 
I think at that point my body was, you know, I mean, I was young, but my body was like feeling really healthy because I worked two jobs. I literally worked like I did my grooming job during the day and then I was a server at Hooters at night. So I was, I didn't even have time to stop at my house in between. Like I, and I worked like that, um, for months. Um, so had obviously taken a break, got pregnant, took that long break. That was great. And then it was like a week after Porter was born, we decided, um, to have an evening out. Sorry, I needed a drink. Um, we decided to have an evening out and we went out and had a few beers and I got home and my boobs were so engorged and I was so, I was so sick the next day. I was so sick and you know, I felt bad, but I had so many people helping me. Like it wasn't like I was, it wasn't like Porter was, be wasn't being taken care of, you know, um, and that was really hard. Then after that, you know, I continued to get help um, with him being taken care of. And, you know, the, the drinking, I never drank at home. I, I would go out with friends and stuff. Um, at this point, I was only 22. And then, you know, after I had left Porter's dad, I ended up moving to Minot. And then that is when my drinking really took a turn. Um, I had never really taken, like, I mean, there were times that I did, but like, I was never the type of person to take shots where you're just taking shots back to back to back to back on top of, um, as a Coors Light drinker and on top of all the beers that I was tossing back. So my drinking had really changed. I was blacking out almost every single night. Um, and you know, working in the bar and then being a server at like a restaurant and like all my friends at the time, like all of my friends at the time, we were, that's what we were doing. We were just partying together. Um, and my boyfriend and I as well, like we, that's how we bonded really. I mean, he was a bartender. I was a server. Um, we would only see each other like when he would get off of work at like four o'clock in the morning. And then we would have like Sundays and Tuesday nights and that's what we would do we would it was his night off so we would drink um so that went on for years um never really saw it as a real huge issue but there were times you know throughout those years where there was you know I was getting minors I had gotten a DUI when I was um 21 and that was really bad um nobody was hurt or anything like that but that really scared me um, and, you know, so then after that, I was really careful with just trying not to get in trouble with the law. Um, so I thought, you know, this isn't really an issue. I'm not getting in trouble. Like, I'm not hurting anybody. So I'm just gonna, you know, everybody else is doing it. <laughs> um, and then when we moved to Colorado, um, we had kind of said, you know, well, we're going to ease up because we partied so hard right before we moved, you know, all the goodbye parties. I don't even know how many goodbye parties we had. And we had gotten there, and I think it was like our second or third night back, and my ex had gone to train or something. I don't know. I just know I wasn't invited. <laughs> and 
um, his dad lived with us and he was like, Hey, you, you seem a little haired out. Do you, would you like a glass of wine? I said, um, yeah, (laughs) you know, before this, we didn't keep alcohol in the house. So I had two glasses of wine with him. And then I remember when my, my ex got home, he said, you smell like booze. And I was like, Oh yeah, I had, you know, I had a couple glasses of wine with your dad when you were gone. And, um, from there, that's just kind of how it was. I would have, you know, a glass of wine here and there. And then the weekends I would just go for it. And then, um, you know, not even in the beginning, just going for it on the weekends. Cause I did work and stuff, but you know, in the beginning we were trying, I was trying to like keep up that, you know, date nights together and, you know, date nights, that's what we would do. We would go out for dinner and then we would go out to a bar. It turned to be a, li- a little harder when we were in Colorado because we didn't have, um, you know, help. Like I had, I had Porter all the time. So that changed pretty quickly. The date nights were less and less um, and the drinking at home increased more and more. So that's not really when it got bad. It started to get bad about a year in when I really started to use it to cope to cope with how lonely I was. Um, I just felt really out of place. You know, I, I didn't really know what I was doing with my life and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was really using it, you know, to, to, to cope. Um, and in the spring of 2019, I had actually made a video of myself. I decided and I don't even remember exactly what the what the turning point was where I was like, okay, making a promise to myself, like, we're going to get this under control. And I made this, I think it was like a 15 minute long video. It's on my Instagram, um, if you follow my Instagram. But I basically poured my heart out about how, you know, I'm going to quit drinking. This is getting to be too much for me. I've been abusing alcohol for years And, you know, I had that in the back of my mind when, you know, I made that video and then I had a Vegas trip coming up like that week. And that Vegas trip was awful. It was so awful. We, so I flew out by myself from Colorado Springs and we had gone to have lunch together before he dropped me off at the airport and I had a couple of beers there and then I got to the airport and I had a few more beers there and by the time I got onto the plane it was lights out like I'm not kidding I got onto that plane and like there's like spots here and there where like I remember asking the um the flight attendant for like extra wine and she liked me so she gave me extra wine and the next thing I know, I woke up in the hotel room at the Flamingo and I'm laying on the bed and my mom is in the bed next to me and I'm like, whoa. And I was like, mom. And she's like, yeah. And I guess I had blacked out and the cops were called and for some reason, um, the cops were called and... <laughs> some reason like my ex had called my phone and like I didn't answer and then he called again and then a cop answered and so he had to get a hold of my sister and it was just a big mess like I guess I was just being like 
the most awful person ever and I felt so terrible and I'm like telling <laughs> like telling my mom and my sister and my friend like this is becoming a problem and I showed them the video that I made and I told them like my concerns and but we were in Vegas so I just continued as, as I would usually you know I took it easy like the second day I think not the initial first day when I woke up but the second day took it easy and like hung out with my mom and like didn't really drink at the pool because I didn't want to get too crazy like I was being like really careful and I didn't black out the rest of the trip um and then getting back like I knew that he was upset with me but also like my cat died when I was gone so that was like it kind of like it kind of put off the whole conversation about like hey what is going on you know um you know that went on for another year just the drinking really really hard on weekends I ended up leaving my job um at the grooming salon and starting up my own business that November and things were going really really well I had a ton of clients that you know followed me and a bunch of people that I I knew that were bringing me their clientele and I was feeling really happy and really excited um, about starting my own business, um, and, you know, made it, made it through the holiday and all that, and I just remember it just being, you know, me waiting for the weekend, like, I'm, I'm waiting for that Thursday, a Thursday night, I'm kicking in, and that's what I would do, Thursday, Thursday all through the weekend, and then 2020 hit, and when 2020 hit, and I don't think that I'm alone here, I mean, I'm a little worse than others, not going to lie, but when 2020 hit, I stopped caring. I stopped caring completely. I was overwhelmed. I was sad. I was lonely. Um, I really felt the tension between my partner and I, like, about my drinking, and, like, we just couldn't talk about, like, how we were feeling, you know, about it, and just, like, how I was feeling just lonely in general and then we're all stuck in the house together and they're angry because of the government and I'm an introvert and there's so many people around and I just you know I let it get the best of me and that continued throughout the year and then it wasn't until Christmas we came home to my sisters um for Christmas and I was a completely different person like they didn't know who I was, my family. Um, I was falling asleep at the kitchen table. I burnt the prime rib. I fell on my face and busted open my lip. And I basically ruined Christmas. So we were about to leave and I was hugging my mom and I was so hungover and I just felt awful. We had to fly out that day. And, or not that day, we were going, we were going to mine up first, but I had to leave and I was she was just hugging me on the couch and you know I was, I think I said something like I'm sorry I'm I'm like this or something like that like I'm I'm funny so I was you know trying to make a joke and she said do you want to talk about it and I broke down I broke down like a little baby in my mom's arms on the couch in front of everybody right after I ruined Christmas and when we got back, I 
took a little break. I took like, I think like a three week break and, you know, I like let everybody know like what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah, you know, it was really awful. Like I, I just don't want to feel like that anymore. And I, I know now that I wasn't ready because when, you know, my loved ones were trying to talk to me about it and, you know, be happy for me. I got really agitated. I got, I was not, I was not ready to let it go. Um, so I just kind of pushed everybody away and I think I made it to like three weeks and then, you know, things started getting good again. Business was better. Um, me and my partner were getting along and I just jumped back into it and it went on like that until June of 2021. And by that point, I was drinking so heavily that I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you the last time I had been sober since I think January of that year. I was drinking daily. I was I was drinking when I would wake up in the morning to curb the hangover. I was drinking worse on the weekends. I just did not care anymore. Like I felt myself getting so sick and so tired and like I was just numb numb to the world and I woke up on June 14th 2021 and I said this is not going to be my life anymore I cannot do this anymore like it was just something like nothing really awful happened like I you know it was fine like we I had spent the day before at the pool with my friend and she took care of me and took care of Porter and you know nothing bad happened like so it wasn't like you know a rock bottom, I should say. It's like a rock middle. Um, but yeah, I, I made that decision. And so when I made that decision, I knew that I had burned bridges. I had told, you know, my family, my friends before many times now, I'm quitting. So I got on the internet and I started to look into um, rehabs, medications, outpatient uh, coaching programs, everything. It was all so expensive and, um, the medication sounded scary and that's how I stumbled onto AA. And with it being, you know, post COVID, they now had Zoom meetings. So the whole night, um, like my whole first day was really rough and, I chose a meeting and I set my alarm for the next day and I showed up at 6.30 in the morning and I sat in my first meeting and when I sat in my first meeting, I listened to everybody. I didn't introduce myself. I didn't even have my camera on and I thought, okay, I found, I found something here. Like I feel, I felt like a weight lifted. Um, so from then on, <laughs> I was, I've been sober. Um, but I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about kind of like the stages, you know, cause I, you know, I, I tell you my story, but, um, so in active addiction, um, it can start with binge drinking, 
um, on the weekends and your nights off. And then that can lead into drinks before performing daily, daily tasks. Like we would get drunk before we go grocery shopping. Like that was fun to us. Um, get drunk before you go to the zoo. Not get drunk, but like have a couple drinks. Um, and then that turned into, for me, drinks to curb my hangover. So Saturday morning, I would be really sick from Thursday and Friday, and I would just start in the morning because I usually have nothing to do. Um, and then uh, it turned into drinks to get me to sleep because I couldn't sleep because of all the anxiety of all the things that I was putting off. I was putting off so much. I was putting off bills. I was putting off calling back clients, uh, getting things going with my business, you know, getting porter's clothes washed my clothes washed like your your whole life starts to just fall into shambles and the anxiety from that you can literally you can't sleep you can't sleep um and then just drinks to function in general I could not do anything at that point without having a drink I would be shaking I would feel agitated I would feel angry until I it, you know, five o'clock hit and I could have that glass of wine at the end of the day. So, um, so after you quit drinking, withdrawal. And I want to say, I want to say that this is not a prescription for anybody. This is just my story. This is what, what worked for me. And I don't want anybody to go and just do exactly what I did. I want you to be smart about it. And, um, get the help, get the help that you think you need. Um, especially if you're drinking as heavily as I was, it is not safe to just go cold Turkey. Just as a, just letting you know. <laughs> um, so withdrawal, obviously the initial hangover, um, anxiety, vomiting, diarrhea, dry heaving, um, there was a point where I, nothing was coming out. I was just in the shower, just dry heaving. Shakes. Itchy skin. It felt like there was literal bugs crawling all over my skin. Um, nausea. Hallucinations. Um, there was, I think it was my second or third night, I, I slept on the couch because I, you know, I was going through all of this. Like, my first four or five days really were the worst, and... There was one night I was sleeping on the couch and or trying to sleep. I had my like anxiety blanket and like lavender covered over me, like everything. And um I heard two little kids running around. And they were running around the couch and jumping all over and laughing and giggling. And then all of a sudden one jumped right next to me. And then the other one jumped in front of that one, like, on me to kind of like, keep that other one away from me. And then they just laid down. And then I was able to sleep, which is so odd. Isn't that, isn't that creepy? Um, but, yeah, that's, that's one of the hallucinations that I really remember because for some reason that, like, sat with me. Um, heart palpitations. There was one night where I sat up and I made myself stay awake because I thought that I was having a heart attack. I could not get my heart to like 
calm down, to function, to work right. I, I was so scared. Um, and crying. Oh my gosh, did I cry. I was <laughs> already in that first week. I was feeling things for the first time and like feeling like all the guilt from everything I had done while drinking. And like, it was just, it was like an overload of emotions. Um, so I went through heavy, heavy, heavy withdrawals. And I honestly, I probably should have gotten medical attention. Um, but I didn't. And I wish I would have, because that could have been really, really awful. Uh, but at that time, I did not tell anybody what my plan was because I didn't think anybody was going to believe me. So I went through all of this alone and it was pretty awful. After though, after the first two weeks, I would say, I started to just feel lighter and... Um, excited you know hitting those mini milestones like oh I hit seven days I hit 14 days I hit 21 days and I was celebrating all these days because I was showing up to those AA meetings at 6 30 every morning and you know showing up with all of these people who were very encouraging and wanted the best for me um so it was it was really really good I, w I would say you know they talk about the pink cloud um and no, I'm not going to say that was my pink cloud. It definitely wasn't because I was still going through um, intense, intense cravings. That's when like caffeine is your best friend. I was like living off of coffee. <laughs> um, but, you know, I went, I went through all of those things alone and looking back now, looking back now, I... I'm just so glad that I made that choice for myself because it was really, really, really hard to do. But I will say that from someone who has struggled with alcohol for 17 years, I had to be ready. You know, I had people that were concerned and I had people that would get angry with me and... I just, I couldn't understand why I couldn't stop. And like, I just think about, you know, that time in December when I told everyone that I was, I didn't tell everyone, but I told a few people that I, you know, this is, this was my plan. And I got so agitated because I felt like people were like, okay, let me, let me come and do it for you. Or like, you know, it just, it felt like, I don't know. I don't know. It felt like it wasn't just me taking care of me. Like I felt like everybody was kind of babying me and I wanted to be strong and I wanted to do it for the right reasons. And at that point I wasn't ready. And I feel like, you know, since June 14th of 2021, I was definitely ready and I was wanting to make a change. And I think that that's why it has, it has continued. <coughs> excuse me. And so I guess we can go over a few things. <laughs> I'll stop, I'll stop uh, trauma dumping on you guys. I'm so sorry. Um, but I do want to give you a few tips, a few tips that I, um, that helped me, you know, through that time, because I did do it alone. And some people don't have resources 
um, you don't have the money for treatment, you don't have, you know, anybody to drive you to a medical detox, but, you know, reach out to people, let people know anyway, the, you know, AA is free, you can reach out to someone in your AA group, if you think you don't have anybody, you can have those people that have been through it, um, and, you know, feel free to reach out to me as well, but some boundaries that you need to set initially for yourself, one, Remove any and all alcohol from your home. I don't care if you spent $100 on this frilly bottle. Dump it. Dump all the wine that was a gift. Dump all those beers that you've been saving for years. Dump it all. Trust me. Uh, Two, if you get invited to a party or an event or you have a concert coming up or you know, a vacation, and you feel like you can't handle that, you can say no. You can say no, and you can stay back and protect your sobriety. You should not be putting yourself out there if you're not ready, because you're setting yourself up for failure if you're going out there without a plan. If you make a plan, by all means, do it. If you do go, you make a plan, leave early, drive your own car, have, you know, any excuse. I got to work early. Um, I'm driving, da da da. And bring some sober beverages. You know, a lot of people nowadays, they, they just bring their water bottles everywhere they go. But I always had LaCroix on hand all the flavors, my, you know, everywhere I went, still to this day, if I'm invited to something, I will have at least three LaCroix in my purse, or now the diaper bag. (laughs) So have a plan. If you do go, make sure, you know, you know what your, what your out is. Let's see, three, prioritizing your self-care routine. This one was huge for me. Uh, When you are in very active addiction, you stop taking care of yourself. I stopped taking my makeup off. I stopped fixing my hair. I just stopped taking care of myself. So if you're already, you know, at that point, it might be a good time to start looking into a good, fun skincare routine. Skincare turned into my... Okay, we made it through another day. So when it got to skincare time, I knew I made it through another day. I made it through the wine witch hour. And I'm doing my skincare and I'm drinking some tea and I'm going to bed. So I would live for my nightly self-care skincare routine. Now, it doesn't just have to be skincare. It can be meditating, it can be yoga, trying out a new gym, um, you know, CrossFit, doing at-home workouts, starting a program that is going to give you an end goal. Those have been really, really great for me. I started those while I was drinking and they're really hard to do when you're hungover and they are so easy to stick to when you're not. Um, 
So any type of self-care that you can do for yourself, make it, make it a priority. And then last, share as much or as little about your sobriety as you would like. I, from the beginning, was pretty much an open book. I'm not drinking today because I am an alcoholic. (laughs) I had a few events that I had to go to that first week. And that's what really helped me stay sober was, you know, I was in the car with my friend and we're on the this way to or on the way to get ready for this really fancy gala and I told her I was like you know I've been going to AA meetings all week and I'm I'm trying to stay sober tonight and she was super sweet and she was like well you know this event isn't really about about drinking and I I think I think you're gonna have a really good time you know like just enjoy dinner and stuff and it was good having an extra person you know other than myself and like obviously my partner at the time was with me but he like literally forgot that I wasn't drinking and poured me a glass of wine as soon as we got there so I was very glad that I had reached out to someone else for accountability um so that's totally up to you if you don't feel ready to share like why you're not drinking it's it's okay you don't have to explain yourself um it's nobody's business but yours. But if you want to make it people's business, you're probably going to help somebody because that's that's like all I've gotten from sharing my story um, is the amount of people that feel like they can reach out to me. I, I think it's I think it's great. Um, it bothers my sisters a little bit. <laughs> I'm just calling them out. It bothers my sisters a little bit because they don't see me as that person they just see me as their sister they don't see me as a person who ever even had a struggle with alcohol um so they think they think that people see me as just a recovering alcoholic and like a person to come and dump their concerns on but I don't see it that way so if you see me somewhere and you want to talk about it you can talk about it with me please do I will just listen to you and when you're ready I'll be right here. So I would love to help anybody with that because I've, it really makes me happy that people are, are taking another look at it and that my journey has helped people. Um, So so I guess the last couple of things I want to say, I thought this was going to be a lot longer. I hope, I hope I'm not just rambling on this. Um, in all honesty, Dakota cried for like 45 minutes before this. So I'm kind of just hoping that she doesn't wake up. <laughs> but, you know, this podcast is called Sober Single Mom. And so we will keep coming back to things. I just kind of wanted to share my sobriety journey personally and just give you a few tips anyway. So um, a couple things I do want to say. Sobriety is not about giving something up. It's about taking everything back. Sobriety has really helped me through some of the hardest times in my life. I am so thankful to still be sober today. And I'm even more thankful 
that I was pregnant at this time last year. And the whole reason that I was pregnant at this time last year is because of my sobriety. So everything really, everything really happened for a reason. You know, I got really healthy. I was seven months sober before I got pregnant and my body was happy and my body was ready for a baby. So I got pregnant and then my world turned upside down. And had I not been pregnant, I don't know if I could ever be sitting here telling you that I'm sober today because I would not have known how to deal with those emotions and that anger and everything else sober. So I am just beyond thankful for every gift that sobriety has given me this far. And I'm not going to lie, sobriety can suck because it is an everyday job, but it gets easier and easier and easier as you go. And honestly, like now running around with, you know, my two babies, it's not the number one thing on my mind every day, but it is on my mind every day because every day, and I got this from a from an old timer, one of my favorites. He was like a grandpa that I met in my meetings. And he would end the meeting every day and he would ask us, are you going to drink today? And he would ask every single one of us and we would all say no. So every single day I have to ask myself, are you going to drink today? And this far it has been no. So it's a decision that I make every single day and I don't, I have not put an end goal on this sobriety. It's just how I live my life now. Um, so I'm not setting myself up for failure. Like I'm not going to beat myself down if, God forbid, something were to ever happen. Um, but relapses are a part of sobriety journeys too. So if you are someone that's going through that, I just want to give you a big hug right now and tell you to keep going um, because your relapse is just going to teach you to cope with whatever triggered you into that and whatever you need to take out of your life. Um, and I would hope that all of the people that I have helped in their journey would help me in mine because we're all in this together and I've watched some very very beautiful people that are close to me come out of that same dark place that I was in like I saw them in that dark place I saw how sad they were and I knew that I couldn't grab them by the, by myself but I was glad to be there for when they wanted to ask the hard questions and just know that you can always reach out to me. I don't know it all. This is just what worked for me. This is not a prescription. Um, but this is what worked for me. And I think that, number one, having support, having community, having people that care about you 
know what you're doing and can support you in that, that is so important. So important. So that is all I have for you today. And I thought this was going to be a lot more than that. Oh, I'm selling myself short, I'm sure. But (laughs) I just want to thank everybody um, for tuning in and please send me the feedback. Um, rate, review, and share this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on. Um, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, I'm on all of those. So if you could rate and share, I would really appreciate it because the more you rate and share, the more people it can get out to and the more people can hear my little insights that I have on sober single momin. So I'll be back next week. Um, with another topic for you, uh, which is going to be kind of a heavy one, but it is about starting over. So thanks again, and I'll see you guys next Monday.